0: Well, since it's Mother's Day, I thought we would try something a little different um, today. Um, So uh, we're just going to wing it. We're going to try something different. Um, We're just going to do the blind preaching test here. So um, we're just going to, let's see where we go. Uh, Right there. Oh, that looks like a good one. Well, maybe. Maybe. That's kind of scary. Um, Song of Solomon." so it'll be interesting here. It says, "I will climb the palm tree and take hold of its fruits. May your breasts be like the clusters of grapes on the vine." The fragrance of your breath like apples, your mouth like the best." Okay, Jesus. This is Mother's Day. Uh, Let's uh, keep it PG. Um, Just kidding. Um, That was just a little fun because most of you think that's how I preach anyway. So I just thought I would indulge you. Now we're going to look at the passage of Scripture that we had for the Scripture readings of Proverbs thirty-one. I've for a, a lot of mothers days I've read that passage of scripture and I've even preached from that passage of scripture before on mothers day and now I find myself as I'm going back through and I'm looking at it it's like okay my perspective is starting to
1: change a little bit in how I I see it because I think if I'm, you know,
0: as much as I can, putting myself in a woman's shoes and reading this, I would be a little overwhelmed because it sounds like the perfect woman. It sounds like it's impossible to live up to. It sounds like a standard that a man has as an expectation for the woman to live up to. Because this, this godly woman was a woman of high position. She had servants to manage, money to not just pay the bills, but she could even invest her money. She was a trusted partner to her husband. She is savvy in her buying and selling and she works tirelessly. She takes care of her husband, her children. She has her household responsibilities, her business responsibilities. And after all of this, she's known for her care and compassion for the poor, all done with charm
1: and elegant beauty and a smile on her face. And I think to myself,
0: most women are probably thinking, "Yeah, that picture is very
1: incomplete." What about the exhaustion, the feeling that you're doing everything yourself,
0: um, the feeling that you should or could have done better or more, the the lack of appreciation you may feel at times, the feelings of maybe failure. Or all the ways that you fall short of living up to this woman of noble character. You see, the writer of this proverb is is not speaking on a day to day basis of this woman. He's looking at kind of an aerial view of 500 feet of her life, and he's telling us all of the great things about this
1: woman. So that means that we don't see the struggles,
0: the the pain, the, the failures. We don't see the the expectations of weight put on this woman. To look at this as a a day in the life of a woman would be to err in what is being experienced. The expectations of having this for a woman, what I believe would be a mistake. Not to say that women can't do this. Because I don't want to diminish what women are capable of by any means. I'm regularly blown away by the things that Jennifer is able to accomplish. Let me give you the short list. She's the only person I know that can work from home, watch her favorite TV shows, do the laundry, seek to solve all the girls' issues with school health, social lives, and sports, be, listening, be my listening ear as I bounce my ideas off of her or rant about my frustrations, as well as proofreading all of the things that I write, at the same time planning our vacations, all the while holding multiple conversations with her friends and family through text and messenger. Oh, did I mention that she's actually working her job at the same time? I can barely chew gum and walk at the same time and think about one thought, let alone all the things that she's able to do. I'm the one writing the articles or the message, and I send it to her, and she finds all the mistakes while she's doing all of this stuff
1: that I missed when all I was doing was reading it. So to say that women aren't capable
0: of great things, that mothers aren't capable of doing great things, would be
1: a very fatal mistake (laughs) for a man to say.
0: You see, the scripture does not give us the picture of reality, and then it says nothing about the sacrifices, the struggle, the pain, and the heartache a woman goes through in order to seek to be a woman of noble character. So what I've kind of done with this passage of scripture is I've kind of taken the bits and pieces that they kind of, you could tell it's a man writing it um, because um, the themes are not lumped together. Um, He'll say something, and then later he says something that should have been up here with this group of things, and so I've kind of just put them, you know, where they're supposed to go, Um, but I didn't write it, so I can't take credit for that. Verse 10, it says, a wife of noble character, who can find? That should be a big indicator of where we're going with this. In other words, this is
1: not a normal thing. Because the first thing the proverb writer does is ask the question,
0: who can find a woman like this? Then he goes on and says, she is worth far more than rubies. What he's saying is she's priceless. It says her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Her husband, skipping to verse 23, her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Let me stop, just talk about that little section right there. So how is the husband respected as an elder at the city gate? You see, it goes back to the woman. You see, the woman had an effect on how the man was respected. Because she could be respected and honored for who she was, she
1: in turn respected her husband. She brings him good, not harm.
0: So as as women, you give value to the man. I'm not saying don't hear this. I'm not saying that that's your job.
1: <laughs> Please hear me. I'm not saying that's your job, but it's one of your responsibilities. Is to
0: make your man look good. Because we need it. We need the extra help. Going on in verse 13, it says, She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets, up ear- she gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it, and out of her earnings she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously, with her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the
1: merchants with sashes. That right there sounds like a full-time job. So she's busy. Later, it will say that she does not have
0: idleness as a part of her life. She's always doing something. But not only does she take care of her family, not only does she provide in many other ways, but she's a businesswoman. And she buys and sells, she provides, she cooks, she cleans, even though she has servants, she still doing a lot of work. And then, verse 20, it says, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hand to the needy. Not only is she caring for her family and her servants and running a business and a household, but she's caring for the people in her community who are in need. That's another full-time job just by itself. When it snows, she has no fear. She didn't live in Indiana. I'm just saying. Says. So, When it snows, she did not fear for her household, for all of them were clothed in scarlet. Why did she not fear? Because she had taken the steps to make sure that they were clothed in the warmest possible clothes for them. How did that happen? Because she worked and provided for the materials to make those things. She makes coverings for her bed, and she is clothed in fine linen and purple. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. One of the things that I must admit to, well, I don't have to, but I will, is that I find myself getting a little lazy when it comes to the kids. <clears throat> Jennifer will ask me, well, why don't you do the f- calls to the doctor? It's like, because you've already done it. Now, I know that that's not the best thing to say, um, and I usually regret it when I do,
1: because I usually end up being the one that make the next phone call. But in, in doing that,
0: it's liter- Jennifer literally naturally does what this writer is talking about in verse 27, she watches over the affairs of her household. She makes it her responsibility to make sure that the kids are clothed, that the kids are fed, that the kids have what they need when they're going out the door, that the kids' transportation is all lined up, ready to go, that when she gets the email or the text from a kid at school saying, you know, whatever, kind of like the video, the guy was getting all the kind of, like, forgetting everything, and calling the doctors, making sure that Samantha's appointments are all lined up and that, you know, there's not conflicts. And if there's a conflict, who's going to watch Ariana when we need to go together? And like all of these
1: things, she does it. I don't have to ask her. Why? This is, again, I'm going to clarify a lot of things because I don't want to come across
0: the wrong way. Um, Men typically take a back seat to these things. Why? Because it's more natural for women to do them. I'm not saying men shouldn't. I'm saying it's more natural for mothers to be naturally nurturing for their children and take responsibility for them. So men typically take a back seat to it. I'm not saying we should. We probably shouldn't just do what I do. So I'm not praising me today, that's for sure. But because of that, verse 27, it says, she watches over her affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Verse 28, here's the response. She does those things. Here's the response. Her children arise
1: and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. I suck at that. Because in
0: moments, I realize what she's doing, but I don't give her the thanks. I don't give her the appreciation, the praise for those things. Because why? I take them for granted, right? She, She naturally does those things. And I think that because she naturally does those things, she should do those things. There's a difference. Man, who am I preaching to this morning? Uh, (laughs) Let's go back to the Song of Solomon and talk about... uh, Too much counseling going on for me this morning. Verse 25, it says, She is clothed with strength. How is she able to do those things? Because she's clothed in strength and dignity. Here's an important thing and why I started this morning with something funny, says she can laugh at the days to come. Even all of the things that she's gone through, all of the things that she's done and taken care of, the times where she doesn't feel appreciated, but she does those things anyway, she can still laugh at the days to come. One of the things I want to encourage you moms is if you find yourself at a place where you have to stop and think about the last time you've laughed,
1: you need to take a pause because you've lost the joy of life. You've lost the
0: joy in what you're doing because it's become not a natural thing that a woman does, but it's become i do this because i have to and when you have to do something it's hard to see the joy in it it's hard to be excited about the day it says that she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction you can trust what she says verse 30 the writer kind of wraps it all up in a nice, pretty bow, and he says, charm is deceptive. Remember, he he talked about how beautiful she was and that she was clothed in the best clothes, the finest of linens, that she had the, the best of things that she could provide for her family, but charm is deceptive.
1: Beauty is fleeting, but a woman Who fears the Lord is to be praised.
0: A woman who fears the Lord, how is this woman able to do all of the things that she does? It's because number one is that she fears the Lord. And I know some people hear that and they think, well, we shouldn't fear God. If you don't fear God, you got a problem right there. Because we should fear God. If we don't fear God, then that means we can do whatever we want and we don't care about what happens to us. But if you fear God, that means you know he has the chance to go like that and you gone. So we so we have to have a healthy fear of God. Jennifer likes to say, "My children have a healthy fear of me." They do. And they should. Yeah, very good. Mary, you're ahead of me. They should, right? We should have a healthy fear of God because when we mess up, He's going to let us know. When we sin, He's going to hold us accountable to those actions. That is what a parent does. So we should fear the Lord. But... With all of those things and and being kind of wrapped up with this bow of fearing the Lord, it says in verse 31, honor her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring her praise at the city gate.
1: Now wait a second. He says, honor her for all that her hands have done.
0: Now, did he include everything that her hands have done in these, like, 20-some verses? 21 verses. Did he, did he, everything? Did he, her whole life is right there? No. What? I'm pretty sure her hands have what? Made mistakes, right? Her hands have probably caused her to sin at times. Um, her hands
1: probably whacked that kid harder than it should have been whacked, but it says, honor her for all that her hands have done, and let her
0: work bring her praise at the city gates. What am I saying? I'm saying we should praise her for the the things that were wrong? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying the
1: wrong does not overdo the things that are good.
0: We can't take the negative things in a person's life and put that at the top and say, nope, we can't praise that person because they've done
1: some bad things. No, we can't do that. We we praise her for the things that she has done well. A a lot of people
0: think that um, mothers are these people that give birth to a child. I don't believe that. I think that's one way um, to become a mother. But I believe there's also situations where a mother has given birth to a child
1: but shouldn't be called mother. And I'm not saying that someone who gives birth to a child but
0: chooses and says, I'm not ready to, to parent this child. I can't give this, par- this child the, the best life that it should have. And so they, they step out of the picture. They put their child up for adoption. I'm not saying that that mother is void of the being called a mother. I'm not saying that
1: because that is probably one of the most difficult things a mother has to do. But I'm saying sometimes... Moms aren't
0: the best at being moms because they're not leading their kids at all. Which leads me to the reason of why I say that if you don't give birth to a child, you can also be a mother. One, there's adoption. But two, just simply the people who pour into kids because they need it. I mean, the first pr- things that come to my mind are teachers. I mean, if you don't see how nurturing a person has to be, um, they're needing substitute teachers. Um, they will happily take you, as long as you haven't like killed anybody in your life. Um, But just go sub for a day. Trust me, I did it this week. I was ready to take out some kids. I was ready to take the father role. I'm taking you out of the world. Mommy brought you in, taking you out.
1: Because what? Like these kids need someone to love them. And sometimes
0: loving them is telling them you're not going to act that way. You're not, like, that's not the way you act to people. It's not the way you treat people. So teachers who, who pour into kids, thank you. Please don't give up. I know it's tough. And I know I don't even have a clue as to how tough it is. But thank you for doing that. Women who have, who have taken neighborhood kids under your wing, thank you. Because they need you. It's not an easy thing to do, but they need it. That, that's what a mom does. A mom is so much more than we give you credit for. You know, when we look at our faith, actually, let's just do a quick poll just to see how, see if I'm right. How many of you in your faith was influenced more by
1: your mom than your dad? Raise your hand. Mm -hmm. Thank you
0: for proving my point. I'm not saying there are other people that, that don't, but when you look at the church as a whole, it was either your mom or your grandma, or maybe an aunt. Notice I'm not listing any of the male roles here that have a bigger impact and influence in people's faith journeys than men. I... Fathers will get it when Father's Day comes, trust me. Um, because I believe that fathers are dropping the ball big time. And so I applaud mothers who, when dad walks away, mom picks up even more responsibility. And though it may be difficult at the end of the day, they're not going to complain about it, they're just going to do it. How many of you know a mom like that? They don't complain they, like they just have done it,
1: they've taken it on, and it, like they're not going to complain. That's huge You know, one of the reasons that I throw myself under the bus on days like this is because I want to acknowledge Jennifer. And my challenge to you today, if your mom's not here, then I need to do this too. Call them, reach out to them, and praise them. Praise them. Love on them. And I know that that is not an
0: easy thing for a lot of people. Just the thought of it makes it difficult to think about. If your your biological mom wasn't really the mom in your life, call up your mom. You know who she is. She didn't have to have the title. But thank her for what she's done in your life. That's the whole point of Mother's Day, by the way. <laughs> in case you didn't know. Is to uh bring it to your attention. You know, you, you're you're welcome, women. You get one day a year. Um, men get like an hour at worship. And no, I'm just kidding. Um, men um get the All the, uh what, 364 days, <laughs> they get the rest of them. I'm doing the math wrong or something, who knows. I'll just stop talking. That's what needs to happen. Mothers, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I never know where to land a message like this. Because thank you to me is like... It just falls dead because it's it's nowhere near what appreciation you really
1: deserve. Thank you. Stand with me.
0: If you would, just reach out your hands and receive this blessing. Jesus, I thank you for the moms here today, the the moms watching online. Jesus, I thank you for the sacrifices that they have made. I thank you for the love that they've poured into us. I thank you for the struggles that they've endured to become better moms. God, I pray that we could be encouragement to moms, that we could be a support system to moms in need. God, I pray that you will just wrap your loving arms around each and every mother today and that they would feel this special embrace by you. Because just as much as you, Jesus, hug your
1: mom today, Will you hug my mom? Will you hug all the moms today?
0: We thank you, Jesus, for our mother's impact and influence in our lives. And today we praise you
1: for what you've done in them. Amen.